hello hello welcome to big creatrix energy it's me gabriella rosie coming hot with a fresh episode today i want to talk about the 11 principles for creative expression and evolution these these this these principles are the basis of the entire whole book that I wrote, Creatrix, that really goes through these principles in depth and shares stories from my own life of how I have learned these principles, how I've applied these principles, um, and really goes through different ways that you can hopefully start applying them to your life as well. So if you do want to get the full book, all the details are in my description. You know where to find it. You've heard me talking about it. Why aren't you reading it already? What I want to do today on this episode is just briefly do the Cliff Notes version, go over these principles so you can get a grasp, get an understanding, so I can, you know, wet your beak with them and hopefully entice you to read the whole book because I'm really, really proud of it. I actually made a TikTok the other week about these principles where I did like a cute little green screen, very, very quick walkthrough of the principles and dude, Loki went viral. So I'm like, I know you guys love this stuff. So I want to do a little bit more of an in-depth, slightly version of it, share a little bit more um, on these principles and hopefully give you some, some juice to take away from this episode. And you might listen and you might be like, boom, every single one of these principles, let's take them on board. Let's apply them. Let's live life the creatrix way from here henceforth. Or you might listen and be like, actually this one principle, maybe that's something that you've never heard of or thought about in this kind of way before, Or maybe it's something that you always knew in the back of your mind, but just now you're like, thank you for reminding me, Gabby. I'm going to take my own initiative and start actively applying this. Because the truth is, if you were to apply, you don't have to like go balls to the wall and do everything all at once. And actually something that I found have found has been really beneficial for me and the people that I work with is when we really hone in on developing one aspect and developing one principle in our lives then we're able to like make a habit out of that to build it into the way that we create and apply it fully learn it fully so even if you are like I just want to pick this one thing and focus on it I think that can be absolutely game changing because you can go deep on that one thing and really understand what it means for you and start to feel the shifts of it in I really, you know, it doesn't have to be months and months. I think a lot of these things where are are more internal shifts and the way that I think about them and especially my own practice, because that's all I can really, really know. But the way I think about these principles, these are ways for me to clarify the stream of an idea being in my head and me being able to make it into something. Because what happens too much is creatives, we can run in these spirals in our own mind of doubts and limitations and whatever the fuck. But all of these 
barriers that exist within us and they're ultimately filtering or resisting entirely an idea from coming to life. So they can resist it by the idea of feeling like it's something that's blocked inside of you and you never actually take action and you never actually make the thing you've been telling yourself and begging yourself internally that you want to make. Or what can also happen is these stories, these insecurities can form filters in our mind. So we may have this idea of what we want to create, but through these imaginary filters, we warp the thing that we really want to make and we start tweaking ourselves. We start tweaking our expression in a way that we think other people might receive it better or we think it might make more sense or we think it might make us look more normal or more whatever and what we do through that is we ultimately strip the layers of value and interest and uniqueness from our expression. The most powerful thing you can do is take the thing, take the idea, take the core of you and express it as directly as possible. So these 11 principles are really things that allow you to get rid of the grime, get rid of the shit that has been messing up your thought processes and allow you to really hone in on who you are what you came here to create and empower you to start taking inspired action to make all of those ideas into real things and to start showing up in the way in the world in the way that you know that you want to so let's get stuck in the first principle is start where you are listen 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 you do not need the whole plan before you begin you don't need to know even what the thing is going to be before you begin. You can have an idea and an inkling and you just want to pursue that. And it's through the pursuit of an idea, through the pursuit of something that you just feel interested in, that you want to explore. When you take action on that, when you take that first available step, when you start where you are, the next step appears. And then the next step and the next step. The thing is revealed through the process. And here's the thing. Every action creates new opportunities. No matter if you have the most polished, detailed plan for how you think something is going to happen, let me promise you, every situation, new things will come up along the way. Whether there'll be forks in the road, whether there'll be issues, whether there'll be things you need to create new solutions to, there's always going to be, reality is always going to be different than we can plan for because that's just the way life works. So instead of really blocking yourself in, restricting the direction of where you're willing to travel by creating this really structured plan to begin with, instead when you let yourself, sure, give yourself, scribble down some ideas. If you've got a a concept for where you think it's going to go, Absolutely. Let yourself play around with that. But the most important thing, the thing that's going to actually allow you to create the thing is starting where you are, taking action on the things that you have available to you right now, the time you have available, the energy you have available, the resources that you have available. Use that right now. And through taking that first step, the second step will appear. The second step will materialize in front of you. Okay, now I've done that thing. What do I need to do next? Let's do that. What can I do here? And the first step, the last step that you just did 
created new opportunities. It put you in a different position. I think of it like there's a scene in Alice in Wonderland where she's like walking down a path, but then there's this dog who has like a sweeper for its tail. And I think it also has like a sweeper on its nose because Alice in Wonderland. And as she's going along the path, the path is getting swept. The path is changing. The path is morphing in front of her. And that's really like, we can try and plan for these things, but the path might not exist when you get there. And I think actually a better metaphor for it is kind of, it feels like to be in very like <laughs> fantasy movies of my youth, it feels very labyrinthian because as one part of the labyrinth changes, as one thing is altered, as you take one step up a staircase, the whole thing warps and changes. Everything is constantly adjusting. So you can take a snapshot of like, okay, this is what the labyrinth looks like now. This is what the staircase is now. Let me take the first step. This is my a thousand step plan to get to David Bowie on the other side. Dude, when you take that first step, shit has changed and it makes that plan completely obsolete. So it can be nice to play around and, and let yourself flesh out your ideas just for the expansion of it. But don't feel like you have to stick to a plan. Don't feel like a failure if the path in front of you changes. This was meant to be short, but it's going to be really long. <laughs> That's okay. I hope you're enjoying it. The thing about committing to starting is that momentum is maintained through consistency. So if your promise to yourself, if your understanding of consistency for yourself is just, I'm going to keep taking the next step, you're in momentum. And it's so much easier to be consistent when you're already in the momentum of being consistent. When you're like, this, it becomes a habit. And I think this is a lot of the, the concept around consist consistency. To me, like, a lot of the languaging, a lot of the talk I hear around it just feels not helpful or isn't something that even feels attractive to me. And I think that's why a lot of people, creatives especially, can like roll their fucking eyes as soon as consistency is brought up in the group chat. But I want you to understand that consistency, there is no like set plan for consistency. There's no, you have to do this every single day at this time. That's, that doesn't apply to it. Consistency is what it is for you. What feels right for you, for your particular project, for your particular goals. What is the thing that you can maintain? What is the thing that fits in with your life? And instead of feeling like shit because you feel like you can't live up to these arbitrary expectations of consistency, it's so much more beneficial for you to be honest with yourself and yeah, gently push yourself, gently expand yourself, gently let yourself put in a little bit of elbow grease because every day is not going to be simple, sure, but that's the magic of consistency. That's how it works because you show up regardless. You remove the the expectations of what you think something has to be. Because for example, if you're like, okay, I'm going to show up on social media every single day. You might start by being like, I'm going to make this thing and it's going to be this and it's going to, I'm going to do all these different shots and film all these different things. Pretty quickly, if your goal is to continue making something every single day, pretty quickly you will realize that you don't have the capacity to create you know, a Wes Anderson inspired piece every single day. And you're like, okay, what's the simpler version? And I think there's, we can keep experimenting. We can keep finding, okay, what, 
when can I push myself? When can I do the simple option? And understanding that your dance around all of that, that can be your consistency. As long as you are keeping the core of what your commitment to yourself is, as long as you're keeping the momentum with that going, you will get the benefits of it. So you will probably never feel like you figured it out. So don't bother waiting around. Don't bother waiting until you have the whole plan. Don't bother waiting until you feel motivated or inspired even. Just start where you are, take the first step. And I'm going to move on to the next point because this has already been way longer than I I planned for it to be. The second point is become your own biggest fan. No one will ever understand your vision like you. And I get it look, I get it. We make things and we want people to be in fucking awe of them. We want people to be like, oh my God, you're a genius. Fill my house with your art. Give me all the things that you create. I want it all. Of course we want that, but we can't wait for that. We can't have that as the expectation for us to really show up in the way that we want to show up. Because the truth of it is, if you are really, you know, doing the thing that you want to do, no one is going to get it like you. No one sees the world the way that you see it. And this is what feels really exciting and beautiful and fulfilling about creativity for me. And what was really, when I let myself embody this, it felt like a huge, huge shift. When I let myself be actually selfish with the things that I create and I let myself have the satisfaction of simply making the thing of being in the energy that I want to be, of being like making these things that feel so good for me to create them. And me being like, that was a fucking boss thing. I love that. I want to listen to it back. I want to see it back. I want to drink my coffee out of it every day, depending on whatever you're making. But that's where my satisfaction comes from. Like, I already know I'm hot shit. I already know the stuff that I create is bomb. So when I share it with other people, It's so much easier for me to share it from a place of excitement and enthusiasm, which is magnetic as fuck. But I'm also not thirsty. You know, I'm not begging people to like it. I'm not constantly refreshing my shit to be like, did they like it? What do they think? Is that going to change the next thing I make? No, I already know what I'm doing. I've got a bigger vision than you will even be able to put together. You don't even know what I'm cooking up here. But I'm having so much fun cooking it up. And when you come from this place, when you are your own biggest fan, when you come into the world with that energy, it's super fucking attractive. And it also means that you're putting yourself in the position to continually, shamelessly promote yourself. And that is honestly the trick to running a successful business. If you are not promoting yourself, if you're not selling consistently, you are not going to be making the sales that you want to make. You are not going to be growing the audience that you want to make. That's as simple as it is. And I think we can push against these things of, oh my God, I have to create so much content. I have to do all this stuff. Let's just make it really fucking easy on ourselves and come from a place of creating the things that we want to create and enjoying the process of creating them. And then it makes it really, really easy to actually have a substantial amount of things to put out into the world. It makes it really easy to create things that people are attracted to because they can feel the energy that you created them with. And the second part of this become your own biggest fan is you have got to stop pedestalizing your peers. It is amazing to have people to be inspired by, to have as your expanders, 
But if you are constantly seeing them as above you, you're going to see them as different to you. You're going to see the things that they achieve as capable by them because they are different to you. That is a huge barrier to you being able to create and show up in the world in the way that you want to. You need to see these people that you absolutely, you can have aspects of their life and, you know, their work as aspirational to you. But look at that and be like, oh my God, they did that thing. That's proof that I can do that thing as well. That's proof that a human did that thing so I can do it. They transformed their life in this way. They created this project. How fucking inspiring. Let me use that as an energizer for myself to go out and do the thing as well. To be a peer to that person. And it's great to be a fan and it's great to whatever but you can't be wasting your energy just standing for someone else when you can be out here beside them doing your own thing as well. No one is above you. No one is better than you. They've just took up the space already. They've just moved in that way already. Come on, join up. Let's go. The next point is create what you wish existed. This is like my absolute, I said it in the TikTok video, if there was any one of these principles that I would get tattooed on my body, it would be this one. It's actually kind of surprising that I don't already have this tattooed on my body, to be quite honest. Create what you wish existed. Create for the sake of creating and you have already run. You know your taste. You know what you want to see in the world. You know that area. Like when we talk about market research and we talk about finding your audience and doing like these ideal customer kind of things. And I speak about this in Card Creator actually about anti-market research because these concepts, these like strategies for finding a gap in the market, they apply to corporations and they're like pretty much fucking irrelevant when it comes to creatives because that gap in the market That isn't something you need to go in and be like strategic about. That isn't something that you need to look at statistics and find age groups and demographics and all this bullshit because the gap in the market is actually the thing that has been inspiring you all along to create things. Because chances are, if you are a creative person, you probably have felt a little bit like an outcast or you felt like the representation for aspects of who you are doesn't already exist. You felt a little bit different. You felt a little bit other. And it's because of that. It's that drive. It's that otherness. It's that that differentiation, that feeling a little bit left out, feeling different from the norm, whatever. It's that little inkling that I think lives in all people who are driven to create because we want to create the thing that we couldn't experience. We want to put our voice out into the world because we're like, fuck, I never heard that. I never heard somebody who was like me, who had an experience like me, who saw the world in the way that I did. I never could buy these type of clothes that I wanted to wear, or I couldn't have this thing on my walls that I wanted to see and I wanted to fill my life with. It's that desire for something that doesn't exist, that propels us to create. So you don't need to worry about what the market research is saying because you already have your finger on the pulse of that very nuanced, so specific idea and feeling that you wanna create. 
And chances are, they can't be put into words. When I think of somebody like Tyler the Creator, whose music and style is so specific to who he is, there is no like, nobody at a record company who could have done the demographic work of, okay, we can see this kind of subgenre is emerging and we can see the youth are moving in this direction. Okay, let's create a rap group called Odd Future Wolfgang Killamo and that will, you know, evolve into these solo eyes. Like none of that can be predicted because the people who created that, they are the movement. They are the people. They are the customer. You are your own customer. And I think when you understand that and you start grasping like, oh, of course I should be creating what I existed because I am my customer. My customers are me. The people that you know, I have in my audience, like you listening to this, chances are we are very similar. Chances are we see the world in a very similar way. And I didn't have to sweat to find you. I didn't have to sweat to position my content in a certain way. I just started speaking and sharing in the way that I naturally want to speak and naturally want to share. And that is the magnet. That is what draws the people who want what you say and what you share to you. Specificity is the magnet. So because you know your own taste, because you know the vision of what you want to see, you have to lean into that. And you would be massively shortchanging yourself if you waste your energy trying to guess what is going to be successful, trying to guess what you think people might want. Give yourself full permission to like zero in on the most nuanced, specific, whatever you wish existed. And this is why, fuck, I'm addicted to creativity because it means I get to devote myself to fulfilling my own desires. It means I get to sit down and be like, if I had something on that wall, what would I want it to look like? Let me be the bitch that creates it. That is what creativity is. It's this drive. It's this self-reliance of understanding that you don't have to wait around for somebody else to do the thing that you want to do. You can be the person who makes it. You can be the person who does the thing and understand that you're not gonna if you're waiting around for someone to be like hey you know that idea that you've told nobody about you should make that thing you're probably never gonna make the thing right you have to be the person who tells yourself make the thing show up in the world the way that you want to show up in the world stop waiting for somebody to give yourself give you permission and give yourself the permission that you want so the next one number four in the principles for creative expression and evolution is lean into obsession. I love this one. This is really fun because it's something that recently I have really, really been letting myself expand into. And something that came up for me um, a few months ago when I hosted the Creatrix Retreat was it really landing how much I was still letting my fear of being too much hold me back from showing up in the way that I really wanted to. And I don't know if that's something that you relate to, but I've had a lot of conversation with other people where we have seen this as like this really insidious little underlying feeling of if I do that, if I oppose too much, if I say too much, if I 
um, doing too many different things. It's too much. People won't understand it. It's too much for people to take on, blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of that is kind of this backwash from all of this niche down talk that's been all over the internet forever, for the especially over the last few years. But this idea that you have to pick one thing. And I understand, I say this often, like picking one thing is really good if you are a corporation or if you really want to do one thing. If you are multi-passionate and there's so many other things that you want to be doing and talking about, picking one thing is going to feel like torture to you. It's not going to be sustainable. I know it's not sustainable for me to only do one thing and only talk about one thing. What is sustainable is if I do all of the things. And if I let myself talk about all the things and post as much as I want to post and share all of the things that I have to say, the more, for me, the more that I create, the more that I share, the more energy have I have, the more excited and happy I feel in myself. It's totally different for everybody, the amount of output that feels really good for you. And the amount of output changes for me all the time. But what doesn't help me is when I hold myself back of when I say, oh, okay, tone it down a bit, Gabby. You're getting a little bit too excited about this stuff. That is not helpful whatsoever. Passion is an energizer. For me to deny my passion, for me to deny my energy when it's like, go, go, go is the dumbest thing ever and not how I want to spend my life, let alone how I want to run my business. So that is the first part of leaning into obsession of like, let yourself be too much. Drop this fear of like, oh my God, if I am too enthusiastic about something that is so like, not cool vibes, whatever. No way. The most interesting people to me are people who are like very specifically obsessed with certain things. I love that. I eat that shit up. The other part of leaning into obsession is understanding that art takes a long time to make and it takes an even longer time to promote it. So if you let yourself lean into the areas of obsession that you naturally have, lean into the things that you are drawn to, that you want to spend hours and hours and hours doing, it's going to be so much easier for you to make the art and for you to tell people about it. Instead, if you chose something that you're like, this is the thing that people are doing right now. This is the thing that's trending, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to have that resource of energy behind you to be able to put in the energy required to make something that is unique, interesting, worth people's attention. Instead, you can just be like, oh, I'm just going to use this passion that I have on working in my favor and I'm going to go double down on the stuff that I really want to do. And the truth is your work will become intertwined with your identity. So how you choose to express yourself and share yourself and the things that you do choose to lean into obsession, they will be intertwined with how people see you. That's just the way things go because that's how we tell people who we are by the things that we do, by the things we create, by the things that we like, how we present ourselves. That's how people know us. So it's really important to choose things that you actually want to be known for, things that you actually want to be talking about all the time. Like let yourself use this as an opportunity to lean into your obsession, to spend your life doing the things that you want to be doing. The fifth principle is find structure in the chaos. So, so, so creative, sweet creative. I know you might have the edge to rebel against any concept of structure. I might tell you to pull up your calendar and you might be like, fuck no. I'm not playing it on my calendar. We're not blocking out any time. 
and that's entirely okay. But what I want you to understand here is structure and freedom work in support of one another. To be a successful creative, and by which I mean to be actively creating the things that you want to be creating, to be producing the projects and products that you want to be creating, to have finished products out into the world, you will be required to utilize freedom and structure to make them happen. That's just the facts of it. And what I really want to invite you to do here is to resist the urge to rebel against yourself. I don't know about you, but me, anyone, any fucking teacher, any boss, hey, cannot stand it. Don't want someone telling me where I have to be, what time I have to get there, all of that stuff felt physically painful to me. And such a huge motivator for me running a business myself was that I want nobody dictating how I spend my time. No one telling me where I have to be at any time. What can happen and what definitely happened for me for the first couple years of running my business myself was that I was very rebellious against myself because I was still holding on to that understanding of like, no, no one's going to tell me where I need to go or what I need to be doing at a certain time, even if it's me telling myself that. So because we can get so into this pattern of disliking structure, because it's a structure that's imposed upon us, we can resist it entirely and fight against it. But the truth is, when you're creating things yourself, when you're running your own business, you are designing the structure and you're designing the structure with the intention to make your life easier, to make the things that you want to make real have an avenue to become real, to put some boundaries on what it is that you're making and how you're going to bring it to life. So you're making these these this structure for yourself. This isn't something that's imposed upon you. You don't need to rebel against it because it's supportive to you and supportive to your goals. When you understand that you get to dictate your own boundaries and that you're actually going to be creating with so much more purpose when you have that understanding of the structure might be in terms of sure, time-wise, like the days of the week and how you want to prioritize doing certain tasks on certain days. The structure can also be, I'm going to finish this thing by this date because I said so. And giving yourself that framework to work towards can be so motivating, so exciting because you're letting yourself build energy through that. I find that when I have timeframes for my projects, it really helps me gain momentum and it really helps me like double down on doing that exact thing for that week or month or however long I'm focused on it. But I really, it gives me the freedom to be like, I don't need to do anything else. Let me like really soak in this zone. And because I have that structure of understanding what my boundaries are, of what I want to create and what the limitations of a real project holds, then I can let myself be completely free and actually creative within those boundaries that I've dictated for myself. So I really want to encourage you to find ways that you can incorporate structure into your creative practice, preferably in really simple and attainable ways, but something that gives you the motivation and the, the boundaries 
to create the very specific things you want to create because you don't want to create just anything. You don't want to sit down a blank page and make just anything. You already have these boundaries for what it is you want to create and what it is you want to be known for within you. And it's just your job to articulate them to yourself and impose that as a structure that allows you to create more effectively. You get me? The sixth principle, value yourself enough to do something with your ideas. This is where I scream at you about the fact that you need to have high value, high trust in yourself and your ideas and the value that you have to share with the world. You need to refuse to let doubts and insecurities win. If you are battling against your fears and and these doubts that surface every single day, it's gonna make it really, really hard for you to create anything. It's gonna make it really, really hard to finish anything because all of your energy that you could be pouring into making the thing, it's gonna be held up with, oh, but am I good enough? Is this idea good enough? Let me go around in circles for hours and hours doubting whether I should even make that thing when actually I could be spending those hours just making that thing and improving my skills and improving, you know, clarifying my perspective through the process of making something. You have to value yourself. You have to see the ideas that you have as something that is worthy of your time, of something that's worth you putting your effort and energy into. The truth is that the best idea is the one that you have now. And we can often look around, you know, at people's finished products and, and how, you know, someone X amount of years into their career. And we can compare what we see to all of the behind the scenes that we experience in our own lives. And understanding they're not the same thing. What we're seeing in others just because we don't see their behind the scenes doesn't mean the behind the scenes doesn't exist because I promise you, it does exist. And you can't compare the idea that you're working on, that you're figuring out to someone's finished product that has took them a decade to create. It's just not the same thing and it's not helpful for you to be in this comparison mode. Instead, you need to like tunnel vision honing, like what are you creating? Stop looking at everybody else and what you think you should be, you know, adjusting to get closer to what they're doing. That is so irrelevant. Use the idea that you have now and understand that every single thing you create is going to build upon each other. And because you trusted yourself and valued yourself enough to do something with these ideas, it's through that process, through actually committing to being a creative, the activity of being a creative in that process, that is how you evolve. That's how you grow your expression. That's how you develop your style through the doing, through the exploring, through valuing yourself enough to do something. The seventh principle is fuck a niche. Niches work well for corporations, not for creatives. You don't need to try and pinpoint. I spoke about this a little bit earlier. You don't need to do all the market research and be like, what is the one thing that I need to be doing? It is irrelevant for you. You don't need a logo or a font or brand colors. You don't need to pick one thing. You don't need an elevator pitch. Your taste is your superpower. Your taste is your niche. You are 
you can't help but be really specific and nuanced. It's just the way we are as humans. But when we think we have to pick one way that is digestible and easily translatable to other people, that's when we start applying those filters. That's when we start narrowing down our scope of expression and we take ourselves away from the already very natural, specific way that we are and the way that we can share ourselves. Don't worry about trying to niche just create things, make your things, allow your taste to develop through you exploring all of your different passions, all of the different many, many things that you want to create and explore because it's this amalgamation of these things that maybe don't make sense. And if you were to do the market research, it wouldn't make sense to be like, I'm going to combine this thing with that thing. But that's how new expression is created. That's how new perspectives are created through combining things that don't initially make sense. By being the person who's like, I'm into this thing and I'm also into this thing that's way over there and I'm going to be the person who brings them together because no one's done it before. So I'm just going to take that job on as my own. That is when real creativity happens. That's when you're able to make something that is truly influential and impactful because it doesn't already exist yet. Step number eight, or principle number eight, is commit to baby steps. Every single thing you make is gonna be made one step at a time. And I think this is a beautiful perspective to have when you're making something, especially if it feels like it's a huge project and you have no idea how you're gonna bring it together. Break it down into the smallest increments possible. I like to write myself like a big hefty to-do list for all of my projects. And I do that once, I keep adding to the list, sure. But whenever I'm like, okay, I wanna work on this thing right now, I just pull up that list, I look down, and I'm like, okay, this feels like a good thing to work on today. And progressively, that's my structure, right? I have that list, I have the framework of things that actually need to be done to create that project and make it real. And I just go through them. Not in a one, two, three, four, five, six kind of way, in a very sporadic way. I let myself have that freedom of how I feel on a given day, but I make sure I get the stuff done. Everything in that list has to get done, so that's my job, I'm gonna get it done. I'm gonna do it one step at a time, but it's gonna get done. You don't need to do like, you don't need to move mountains in a day. That's the thing, right? We can feel like we have to have 10 different products and all of these different things and the business fully fleshed out the second we start. That's not how it's gonna work. Let yourself have the freedom of building things gradually, bit by bit, of taking your time with it, of doing things really well, of building your skills and perspective through the process. And before you know it, you'll have built all the things and you'll be adding more things to the repertoire. You just need to commit to the baby steps and stay committed to the baby steps. Stay committed to the course of action taking. The ninth principle is understand your flow. This is where I really want to invite you to pay attention to your energy cycles, needs, and desires. Everybody's cycle of creative motivation is going to be different. But what I really want you to take away from this is the understanding that active creativity isn't a constant state. Often what we think about as creativity is like the making of the thing, the doing the thing. That's just one part of it. There's also periods where you need to be seeking inspiration. There's periods where you need to be reviewing. There's periods where you need to be absorbing things and brainstorming things. 
There's periods where you need to be doing absolutely nothing and let your brain be empty so you get bored enough to seek out new ideas. All of this is part of creativity. And when we think that if we're not being proactive, if we're not actively making something, then we're not being creative. That is what, you know, that just leads to us shaming ourselves or feeling guilty that we should be doing more. And chances are that's not really effective at making you do more. It's just really effective at making you feel really guilty and really shitty about yourself. And instead be like, dude, all of these different things are part of your creativity. All of these are required aspects of you creating your best work. You need to take steps back to be able to be re-inspired, to be able to build up your energy again, to be able to be in the active creative mode. It's not a constant state. It's impossible for it to be a constant state. So it makes no sense for us to be mad at ourselves for not always actively being creative. What I love to do is give myself permission to be fully where I am. So when I'm in an active creative state, I let myself be quote unquote too much. I let myself make all the things. I let myself spend hours making the things that I want to be doing and really like throw myself all into it. When I'm in a not doing anything, I'm going to do that full force as well. When I'm in an inspiration period, you bet I'm going to be in that full force. I'm going to be reading all the things. I'm going to be watching all the documentaries. I'm going to be soaking in everything. Be where you are. Let yourself be fully in whatever part of the creative cycle you're in. And it can be really helpful to pay attention to your rhythms. And I found it doesn't necessarily work by like, I'll be in this for a week or this for a month. Like it is going to change. But there I do, I have found that there's a general rhythm that I seem to flow to through. So you can do that. You can pay attention to that through journaling. Um, I have some more details on the phase of the creative cycle in the Creatrix book, but I'm not going to go about them here because I'm going to be here for five hours. The next principle, number 10, is seek failure. Here's the truth. Creativity is the antithesis of productivity. To do something productively means that you're doing something that's already done before. There's a step-by-step -step of how it works. That's not the case with creativity because you are, by definition, doing something that hasn't been done before. Maybe there's versions of it, but no one's ever done it in the exact specific way that you are doing it right now. Even if you've done that thing before, you're a different person. Your outlook, your perspective, your aspirations are different right now to when you may have done it in the past. So that means we have to make a different recipe every time. The formula changes every single time. So when we understand that, when we understand how truly experimental creativity is, then it's like, oh, well, of course, like trial and error is part of the process. Of course, there's going to be failure. Of course, I'm not going to get to the correct solution the first attempt. I'm playing with these ideas. I'm figuring out what these ideas even could be. I don't even know what the correct solution could look like just yet. You have to let yourself stretch your ideas to see what you can do with your tools, to see where you can push your concepts to the limits and see what the breaking point is and to learn to laugh at your mistakes, to understand like this is all part of it and it all gets to be enjoyable. Even the failure gets to be enjoyable and, and, and joyful? enjoyable because you understand that you get to make art. You've been making art. You're, maybe you messed up. Maybe it didn't work. You made art today. You got to create today. You've already won. The final 
principle number 11 is let it be easy. You only need to be who you are now and say what you have to say in the way that you say it right now. There's something um, that Rick Rubin said in an interview and it's about the idea that how to make how to express creativity, how to make a creative choice. And the way he broke it down was saying, okay, when you're having a meal, if there's like two options laid out in front of you, you try one, you try the other one. It's a pretty easy decision for you to be like, oh, I like that one better. Or I like this one better. Like there's no, you don't have to go through like this huge soul searching journey you don't have to do all of this back work and explore everything. You're just like, no, I just like that one better because I just do. That just tastes better to me. That is like, oh, the perfect understanding of how to truly channel your taste and make decisions based on your taste. Because when we break down making something, if we're able to get really, really close to it, and really in the process, like really, really present with the thing that we're making, chances are we'll just be making a choice between like one thing or another thing. And the easier you let it be, to make it be really easy for you even, is you understanding that the thing that dictates the choice is your taste. There's no one else you have to consult. There's no research you have to do. Actually, the thing that makes it really easy to create things is you being led by your instincts. You being led by your taste. And I think that is just fucking gorgeous. That's how simple it can be. I like this thing more than I like that thing. This thing feels like the right thing more than that thing. And letting that be the thing that dictates the choices you make. So freeing. So that is it, baby cakes. Those are the 11 principles of creative expression and evolution taken from Creatrix, the book. It's available for you to buy and access right now, the whole shebang, um, ebook and audiobook form so I can read the whole thing to you. And yeah, I hope you like it. I hope you check it out. And if you do, let me know. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know. I would love if you could send me a DM and let me know like which principle or if there was something from this episode that really struck you where you're at right now and how you're gonna start applying it. That is the stuff that really excites me and motivates me to create more of these episodes when I know that they're helping you and that they're helping you make adjustments in your own life and in your creative process. So please do let me know. And remember, you can be, do and have anything and everything that you desire. I will speak to you in the next one. Bye.